Greetings, flock, and welcome to the Book of John, the podcast for all of my writings and ramblings. And now, please turn in your books to chapter 31. A Song of Physical Media When visitors come into my home, one of the first things they see is my daughter's playroom covered in toys. Our daughter has a very large, very generous village, many of whom don't have kids of their own, and lavish her with multiple gifts every birthday and holiday season. So her playroom is a veritable explosion of musical instruments, Barbies, and a thousand other toys. And on the back wall of the playroom, if the visitors can tear their eyes off the vomit of pink, they are treated to a giant wall of DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4Ks, well over a thousand, the shelves packed tight, the top of the shelving dangerously stacked to the ceiling, with boxes on the floor to contain the leakage of media that keeps accumulating. We used to call it the wall of enabling because we let ourselves collect so many of them. Now we know it is the wall of optimism because we probably could not watch everything on those shelves in the rest of our lifetimes, but we're determined to try, damn it. And of course, this doesn't count the many stacks of Blu-rays we've moved over to the TV stand, carefully hidden from view behind the sliding wood doors almost as if we're ashamed of our addiction. We had vowed when Bethany was born, and it was obvious that streaming was becoming the way of the future, that we would only keep physical media that we couldn't get anywhere else, and we would limit all of it to this single large shelving unit, the Wall of Optimism. We purged a large number of DVDs and CDs in those early years, convinced that we could finally join the minimalists. So readily available was all our entertainment on a tiny Apple TV device. Well, you can probably guess where this is going. Cut to 2023 and the streaming utopia has crumbled. What once was every single thing you could imagine forever available at your fingertips is now, well, maybe you can find it on one of the dozens of streaming services for a month or two at a time. And if not, well, maybe you'll never find it at all. Go fuck yourself. We tried, people. Honest, we did. I swear to you, I hauled boxes upon boxes of discs over to Amoeba Records and took the paltry trade credit I was offered. I wanted the streaming paradise to be real. I wanted my house empty of jewel and clamshell cases, of giant irregular-sized box sets, and endless rows of reminders of my weakness for entertainment. But the studios betrayed me as they betrayed us all. They told us the revolution would be streamed, got us hooked with their low prices and vast libraries. Then, when we'd cut the cord for good and told cable TV to go screw, they did what every drug dealer worth his salt did. They raised the price and cut the product down to a pittance. You want to watch Westworld on Max? Fuck you. Go pay extra for the Blu-rays. We ain't keeping your shit on the server on the off chance you end up giving a good fuck and wanting to watch it. And God help you if you want something that we don't feel like distributing anymore in streaming or physical media. We don't care about your withdrawal symptoms. You want good shit? You gotta pay the piper. We control the dial, sucker. Your only choice is to pump more money into the machine and hope you get what you want eventually. Go fuck yourself. And it's not just that they yanked so much shit off the streaming sites. It's that they stopped giving a fuck about the presentation at all. They'll put a movie up on Max. Maybe it meets the filmmaker's approval. Maybe it don't. Maybe they'll show it in the proper aspect ratio. Maybe not. Maybe they'll keep it as you saw it in theaters, or maybe they'll start hacking out scenes that time has found questionable, removing entire episodes of TV shows. The choice is not yours. Go fuck yourself. So, we found that yes, if we wanted to see a particular movie or show the way it was intended, we had to go back to physical media. And so, at some point in our daughter's lifetime, our collection reversed direction, and discs began piling up once again. Add to that, they introduced yet another upgrade of physical media, this time to 4K. Now, I'm well aware that at this point, most people can't tell the difference between an HD picture and a 4K picture. 
I've tried to show a couple of people the difference, and they shake their heads and say, yeah, I just don't see it. Understood. We're basically arguing over the difference in shades of black, and that's great. The default has become high quality rather than the god-awful pan-scan blurry standard definition bullshit of 20 years ago. It makes sense that at a certain point, the human eye stops seeing the difference. As someone who works with media every day, I can see the difference, but that is because I stare at it for eight hours a day. Same way I can see that devil-cursed motion smoothing on my friend's TV sets that makes me insane. Johnny Depp looking soaked in Vaseline and like he walked onto the set of a soap opera instead of Davy Jones's locker. I get it. I'm in the minority here. And you may not need the extra detail there. But there is a difference, folks. And I quite enjoy seeing it. Thus, rather than being rightfully purged, the physical media collection has started upgrading to 4K. There's another aspect to my physical media obsession. A decade or two ago, almost every movie or show coming out of the studios was put on a DVD, along with a director's cut of the film, maybe an international version, sometimes even the edited-for-TV version, and a completely unnecessary glut of bonus features. Yes, I totally get that most people didn't watch that shit, but I did. My wife did. My friends did. It was a golden age for educating yourself about your favorite movies. Gone are the days of every single movie ever released, getting a film school in a single disc, packed with director commentaries, bonus features, and behind-the-scenes documentaries. Sure, Criterion, Kino, Arrow, Shout Factory, Twilight Time, and a couple of others keep the flames lit. But they've figured out where their bread is buttered. People like me, who will plop down his hard-earned ducats on a Blu-ray he can hold in his hands like an old boomer. There's a couple of notable exceptions, streaming services like the Criterion Channel, notice how that name keeps coming up, where you're treated not just to the bare-bones movie, but a bevy of commentaries, interviews, and extra features. They almost save me the need to buy their own physical media. Except I want to support Criterion. They're one of the last voices in the wilderness giving us the kind of loving attention to detail that films deserve. I once bought a Criterion edition of Rushmore for my brother and later asked if he'd watched it yet, and he said he was waiting to show it at a friend's gathering because, as he put it, Criterions are meant to be shared. I've always loved that idea. I don't follow it in the least. I watch Criterions alone in the dark if I have to, but the idea that there's something so great and so important that it needs to be shared, that's what makes Criterion a great company. And I want them to continue to showcase amazing films, and thus I shovel them my money buying my favorites on physical 4K discs. I mean, almost exclusively when they have the 50% off sales on their site or Barnes & Noble. I am not made of money, people. But the physical media is a stopgap method. Even with so many little companies doing their best to try and keep pumping out great movies, there's just too many. And every year, a movie that had made its way from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray doesn't make the jump to 4K. That wouldn't be as bad. Like I say, Blu-ray and HD is a lovely default. But just as some movies don't make the jump to 4K, many never make the jump to Blu-ray. Just as many, many more didn't make the jump to DVD. Some skipped right to streaming, so there's half a chance you can maybe catch them. But there are thousands of movies that are just going to slowly fade away. Maybe that's less a concern for the modern digital movies where one need only pull it off a server to get it up and running again. But as we've learned from the efforts of filmmakers like Scorsese and companies like Criterion, Many of the movies that haven't already been remastered or upgraded stand a chance of just falling apart as the negatives they're stored on crumble to dust in storage units. On the one hand, this is the way of things. Before television and then before the internet, media just passed through our lives. Sometimes you'd see a movie once and never see it again unless a print came through town or a studio re-released it. Many times you'd see a TV show and never see it again. 
Ask Doctor Who fans about all the episodes of that show that just no longer exist. Watch them shed another tear. But we had moved past that, no? We were in the age of everything, all the time, forever. Maybe it's not how things should be, but it's the way they were, and I liked it that way. Imagine, today via Spotify or Apple Music, you have access to millions of hours of music. Anything you want. The artists get a pittance, but lucky us, the consumer, we have all of music ready for the playing. Now imagine one day those companies start actually paying those artists what their work is actually worth, gasp, and suddenly you don't have access to those millions of hours anymore because those companies can't be expected to pay fair prices and keep making millions of dollars. Go fuck yourself. One day you have the whole history of music at your fingertips, the next you have to go back to paying for individual albums again. That's sort of what's happening with streaming, with the huge caveat that the artists still aren't being paid what they're worth, and you still don't get proper access to their work anymore. As it is, I gave up a full collection of my CDs, thinking there'd be streaming access to that music, and I've definitely noticed a drop-off over the years. Most of the music is still there, but some of the hard-to-find albums, well, they became even harder to find. More than a few of those have ended up right back in my physical collection. Yes, I'm an old man yelling at a cloud or the sun or whatever. My own daughter has not yet experienced the gut-dropping sadness of looking for a thing she's previously had full access to and now suddenly doesn't. I don't know what the kids nowadays do in situations like that. Do they nod and carry on? Except that maybe one day they'll be reunited with their beloved entertainment and move on to the next thing? Or do they go to Amazon or Apple and buy the digital version? We haven't yet allowed TikTok on her phone, so she doesn't have that option. Yes, I know. We're terribly cruel. But you catch my drift. Unless things shift again and companies are able to make more money while providing more content, like the old days of a year ago, when I die, my family will either have to resell all that shit or bury me with it like the pharaohs of old. Perhaps they could construct a pyramid out of DVDs. I do hope it can be seen from space. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for coming back and listening. You can reach me at thebookofjohnpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to johnpatricknelson.substack.com, and you can read this and every other stupid thing I've written. Thanks so much for listening. There's coffee and donuts in the narthex. We'll see you next time. Bye.